What's up, America? Parked in Turn 1 is back again. I'm Jason, a.k.a. Captain Novice. I got my man Bo with me. Bo, what's going on this evening? Hey, I'm what's Jason. How you doing tonight? Man, I'm doing pretty well. I think, um, you know, I think I posted up today that I uh, went down to the folks at KWS and got the uh, version 4.0 flashed and tuned, and um, it's ready to go in, in terms of the motor. And those guys truly truly have forgotten more about motorcycles than i'll have ever known it it is it is a it's a wonder to watch them work and this is the first time i've ever really watched closely someone actually work on the uh ecu of a motorcycle and the values and the it it's a little overwhelming honestly it is i'm sure it's something i could learn do i want to spend the time to learn it negative (laughs) <laughs> the answer is negative. Um, but, you know, they got it going. I mean, 198 horsepower was pretty consistent there at the end. <laughs> That's crazy. So, um, you know, I'm happy with it. It went well. And um, I, I just wanted to give a big shout out to those guys because I felt like they they were fair on price. And obviously they do work for Jeff May and and Stefano Mesa, so they know what they're doing. Yeah, and it was definitely worth my time to drive down there a couple hours and have them do it, and rather than just you know send it off somewhere and hope they did it right. Right, definitely. Yeah, so that's what I was doing today, and when I got home, I realized I had a problem on the front end of my motorcycle. My forks were not even; um, they are way out of whack, and I got really frustrated because I was using some measurements that we, uh, Jason, our friend Jason Wilson and I thought were correct, but it just wasn't working out. I had pictures of the bike when I took the forks off and they just were barely over the top triples at these measurements. And I was like, that's just not right. What's wrong? What did I do wrong? Um, everything went through my mind from, is this fork bent to, is the bike bent? But of course, none of that's true because it hasn't been in an accident, you know, yeah. um, since I was riding it. And the new, the bike itself is brand new, so of course it's not. So we had some more discussions. I think we've now figured it out. I, after we get done here, I'll go tinker with it for a couple hours, and uh, we'll see how it goes. But um, I almost set the bike on fire, because you know I get frustrated. Uh, and yeah, you I get was, a bit. I you, was irritated. You tend to. I get uh, fired up. Yeah, you, you tend to go from zero to 60 pretty quick. You got a, sh- you got a wet fuse, but it's short. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Like, <laughs> you know, it's funny, you know, there's not many things that get under my skin really quickly, but when I can't make something exactly right that I'm trying to work on, like I get, I get frustrated. Like it just, I don't have patience and that's, you no, know, I'm geared the same way, man. I get character it. flaw, you know, so I always found that throwing things helped me think through it. Um, I didn't do that today, luckily. Um, but I think we did get it figured and I'm going to give FBI a call tomorrow to kind of verify because if that's the answer, then the reason that I was having so much trouble is that that measurement was never going to work. Right. So, you know, I was doing it wrong from the jump and of course it wasn't going to work. So anyway, here we are. Um, and we had a bunch of racing this past weekend. So let's talk about that. That's more important and more fun than, than what I'm doing over here in my garage. (laughs) Yeah, it was uh it was a fairly exciting weekend um all around really. So yeah, I'm ready to jump right into it. 
You want to uh, well, start you know with what? what we saw in Pittsburgh? Let's with start Moto with America. Moto America. Yeah, let's start with Superbike. We'll touch on it. We all know what it is. It's the Jake Gagne show. Yeah. It's, that's he, what it is. He's doing his best Cameron Bobier impres- impersonation this year. Absolutely. He's doing a pretty good job at it. So, you know, what else can you really say? Well, I, I want to know who we have to pay to get some good racing in the Superbike for the first place thing. You know, that, for the last five years, it's been... I, I would say three, Cameron really dominated. Like, he was out front, way out front most races. Um, you know, there was occasionally when, uh, in 2017, Tony Elias really gave him some challenges and won the championship that year. But then after that, you know, it, it really wasn't close. I, I, I It was close, but Tony really on 2017, 2018, char, you know, challenged Cam. But 19 and 20, it wasn't close. Right. Um it wasn't uh, wasn't Tony Elias the champion one of those years twenty eight seventeen or eighteen in twenty seventeen he was that's correct okay. that's what I said and you know so speaking of Tony Elias let's go over the top three we had Jake Gagne in first Tony Elias in second on replacing uh, Josh Heron with the fresh and lean attack performance Yamaha and Matt Skoltz in third so an all Yamaha podium surprise surprise and the biggest thing to me was Tony Elias still has it. He can still go. He really can. Yeah, nobody's. Yeah, I mean, nobody's been able to really touch Jake Gagne all season, except you know this race weekend was really the first time that we've seen anyone hang with Jake Gagne for as long as Tony Elias did, and and uh, yep. you know, and yeah, like you said, I mean, Tony Tony Elias still have it, but still has it. But it's so important to remember. Tony Elias, this is the first time I think he'd ever ridden a Yamaha in any kind Period. of race. It, yeah. Period. So, yeah. I mean, you can't. I mean, you can't beat that. You know, as a as no. a result, you know, he gets a phone call. You know, obviously we saw him ride the uh, the Kyle Wyman Ducati. Yeah. Uh, in it, place of Laguna. Kyle. Yeah, and you know he came down, jumped on the bike, took it off, you know, and looked good on it. And this weekend. You know, he lands on the podium in race one, just off the podium in race two, um, you know, 15 seconds back. But, uh, but still yet, though, for this guy being as seasoned as he is um, and not having a whole lot of race training, you know, in the past couple of years, I mean, you can't uh, – He like you said, he's still got it. He does. I, so one of the things that I thought when I was watching this is – uh, why did Josh Heron get the job over Tony Elias? Well, um, no, listen, I'm, uh, let me get through it. So we all know the easy answers. He's younger. He's American. He was probably cheaper in terms of salary. As a business, Josh Heron makes sense. And we know that Josh Heron has some talent, but we haven't seen, I mean, we Josh Heron's had what eight, ten races to do anything close to this, and we saw him at the Ridge look pretty good, but that was it. He yeah. hasn't been anywhere anywhere in the neighborhood or the zip code since. This dude gets two days' notice, rides an R1 at a cart track to learn what an R1's like, and then goes out here and gets second in Moto America. To me. That says Tony Elias still has it, but it's also a little bit damning for Moto America, and I, I'm a little, I was a little perturbed that that is the talent level because I either have to accept that Tony Elias has a talent 
that's really pretty rare or that the collection of talent in Moto America is not as good maybe as I thought it was. That's where I'm at. So I cannot disagree mm. with you at all. Oh, and, come and, on, Bo. No, no, no. I'm not trying to disagree with you because, and, and I'll say this, and this is kind of this. So this kind of rips the Band-Aid off a little bit more than what you say, and it's a little bit harsher because um, we all know that I don't have a whole lot of tact and delivery. But I actually mentioned this. Th- this this afternoon, Ange and I were watching the uh, race two because we watched race one. Um I think it was Sunday evening or Saturday night we watched race one, and then uh, we didn't get to catch up with uh, race two until this evening because uh, I wanted to make sure I was fresh for this. But um, as we were watching it, you know, we saw the first few laps when Tony Ellis is taking it to Jake Gagne, and you know, saw Matt Skultz kind of work through the uh, work up a little bit, and I think he threw he got past Cameron Peterson and just kind of put his head head down and took off. Um, yeah. But I, I made this comment to Ange, and. It's gonna be it's gonna be a tough. It's a really bad blank. Uh, I'll go ahead and say it's a really bad rubber stamp. That's not entirely true, um, but it kind of it, it's the it's the extreme of kind of what you said. And I said to Ange, I said, Moto America Superbike class is where rider development stops in America. Ouch. Here's but, the problem. But I, th- I think you know I, where I, I'm, you I know can't I mean? be mad at you. Yeah, yeah like I, I think, you think I get it, and and I say I that it. I say that knowing full well that I would never ever be able to touch any of these guys on a track ever. Oh, absolutely. You not. know what I mean? So, uh, so and, yeah, no, 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 but you don't you don't have to. I know exactly where you're coming from because I don't think these guys are bad riders. Mm-mm. What I think is there's a large difference, number one, in machinery, because we saw Tony Elias struggle on that M4 Suzuki his last year. That thing was a dumpster fire. Yeah, the and Yosh he struggled. Uh, when yeah. Yosh pulled out, yeah. it was a dumpster fire. It was a different story, yeah. Yeah, and I think there are lots of reasons that Josh Heron got the job over Tony Elias, but as I watched Tony Elias ride, I thought, it shouldn't have happened. If I, I've said this about Heron, I I know how talented he is and how talented, but I think how talented he is, which is very, and how talented I want him to be, are two different things. And I think seeing Elias on that bike, and they were not going to set the bike up completely for Tony anyway. They made that clear. Yeah, yeah. But they made some small changes that he he wanted, and that was cool. They're like, yeah, we can do that. And this guy goes out and puts it second. Having yeah. two days, yep. he had he had a practice and a qualifying. To, I know he knew the track, so that was no problem there. But, you know, he was his slow, his fastest lap was just under three tenths slower than. Gagne, the next closest guy was half a second slower than him. Yeah, and that is—that's that is you know. so hard for me to swallow. Like I just, I really hate that because I loved. I don't. You know what would be great? You know this. I wouldn't care so much about this if Jake Gagne wasn't winning by twelve seconds. If it was everybody else racing for that podium and they weren't that fast. 
I would be awesome. Like if it was a group of five riders and they weren't that fast, but it was good, close racing, yeah. awesome. But when you have a guy that's 11 seconds in front of the second place guy, nearly every time, and they talk about it all the time, he's nearly two seconds ahead before two laps is up most of the time. So we've got to really get better bikes or better riders. It's one of the two. It's got to be one of the two, but we, it's not just that Jake Gagne is otherworldly. He is not the reincarnation of fast Freddie Spencer. He is not. He's just not. He is a great rider. He is accomplished. He's been around the world riding. And I, I am not trying to speak ill of Jake Gagne or his talent. But we've seen what he did at the world stage on a, on a I would say, subpar Honda. Would you agree? The yeah, Honda wasn't yeah. great. Yeah, definitely. It wasn't great. So put put Jake on some great machinery over there. Let's Maybe it's a little better. But, man, this just broke my heart a little bit as I was watching it because these thoughts crept into my mind. Um, but one thing that did, and, and you know what? I'll go further than that. Hayden Gillum hasn't been on a bike in forever. Yeah. This dude put it in 10th. He yep. put it in 10th, beating other super stock guys that have been racing on their bikes all year and, and some super bike guys. So, uh, I get it. No, we don't have I, a, I completely get We got to yeah. ride with Moto America. We got to ride with them. We got to support them. But we have to do something. The status quo is not making us better. We're not, we're not creating the pipeline, and we, we need to do that. And I actually. My, I actually talked to my wife about this, believe it or not, and I think our biggest problem is that over here we go from our normal progression is dirt to street versus starting on the pavement with a mini bike or whatever mm-hmm. and kind of using dirt to supplement to learn how to ride with the rear end really loose and uh, that sort of thing because I feel like that's what the European riders do now. They, they train it with the dirt because it helps them control the bike when it's moving around. Yeah. They learn to control it. And I remember when Tony Elias was still in MotoGP, he came to Kenny Roberts' house in California to learn how to use the rear wheel and to slide it. He was learning. He was riding motocross with Kenny Roberts, learning how to you know let that bike get a little bit loose and steer with that rear wheel a little bit. And now you watch Tony Elias ride, you know, when you saw him on the Suzuki, you know, when he comes into a corner, that bike's all icons out of shape, you know, backing it in. And that's one thing I noticed about Tony Elias too this weekend. And I think Jason Pridmore actually mentioned it in the, in the, uh, the broadcast was, you know, Tony Elias loved to get that bike out of shape underneath the braking in in the brake zone. And he liked to break point and shoot rider. Yeah. He 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 liked to break directly towards the apex. But then Mm -hmm. as as he saw, you know, kind of as the weekend went on, because I even saw it in race two, he stopped yep. backing the bike in and let that Yamaha stay in line just a little bit because of the it corner speed. Yeah, because the corner speed of the Yamaha was a strength. It didn't have that that real harsh acceleration like that Yosh exhaust or Yoshimura uh, um, uh, Suzuki did. You know when he was riding That's because right. you know when that Suzuki first hit the hit the uh, the paddock in Moto America when Suzuki re- released that bike again. It was a strong bike, and, and you know, and I think Jay, yeah. uh, Jason, our buddy, he was talking about it too. He he was telling me, you know, the mid range of that bike is 
the strongest super uh, of the super bikes out there and you know they have issues with that bike wanting to wheelie in second and third and, and fourth gear sure um, yeah so i look i i this came out i think as an attack on motor america which it shouldn't be but it's, right, it's just a right. call it, it's a call because that showed me that our talent level or our machinery level is not up to par because obviously Tony didn't do that well on the Panera Bread Ducati. He finished in yeah. seventh and eighth. So it was obviously a combination of maybe an extra, you know, maybe a little bit better shape for Tony, but he was on a better bike, 100%. And that comes a lot down to Richard Stamboli. Um, oh, absolutely, and, but, yeah. and the team over at Fresh and Lean Attack Yamaha. Yeah. And, and, I, I, and so... He was obviously, but to my point, when I was thinking about Heron, was that Heron hasn't finished second in every race. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. And we talked about how, you know, Heron's kind of a wild card. Heron doesn't seem like he can really control a lot that goes on during the race. Uh, it seems like he's very uh, short-sighted as far as racecraft goes. Uh, yeah. You know, and, it's, and, and we don't know. I don't know what's going on in Josh Heron's head when he's on a bike. No, none of us do. I mean, you know, look, Josh is Josh and he's a, he's a bit of an enigma. He's super talented. Yeah, he's a, yeah. He is a talented writer, but he's, I don't, super talented might be strong, but he is a talented writer. There's no doubt. He has great bike control in a lot of areas. We've talked about that before, but it seems like, um, other things affect him and we get into these problems, right? Like there's things that happen. And, yeah. and so that, that aside though, he, he is a talented writer, but this just shows me that our most talented right now, our homegrown talent, is not quite as good as the European talent. And we knew that, but it's hard when you see it up close. It, it was just a, a slap in the face a little bit to me. I'm glad you said that, you know, that last part too, because I think one thing to, that really we need to, to focus on, you know, is, yeah, this, this kind of sounds like it's an attack on Moto America. Um but, you know, I know personally, for me, this year, I have paid more attention um, to the kind of minutia inside of, of racing, not only at the Moto America level, but also, you know, with uh, the MotoGP level and World Superbike. So my frame of comparison and reference is changing as this year goes on, you know, obviously because we're yep. doing this podcast, you know, we're talking about it. Yep. We're looking for things now, you know, yep. before to me, it was solely just entertainment and watching a race and not to say that it's not now, it's not, you know, a key right. now, but now we're starting to be able to point out the differences that we can really see and really kind of get down into the yep. weeds on some of these details between Absolutely. each, you know, each category that we're comparing and that we're watching. Um, you know, so I don't want to say it's not fair um, that we kind of hold Moto America to as high a standard, I think, as, as possibly the, the, the GP level or even the World Superbike level. But at some point, you have to have a target that you're shooting for. And that's yep. not only when it comes to coverage levels. You know, that's not only for... Right camera work you know announce work broadcast work you know app platforms things like that that we know that Moto america lacks in but it's also the talent that you're building with and, and building and like sure. you said we've talked about the red bull pipeline for how long now uh, you know in gp yeah, it, and it, it that infrastructure is just not in america i don't think yet and and we really would love to have something like that yeah, I, so, you know, I, I agree with you. And, and so I was thinking about this as, I, as this 
Tony Elias not getting the job and being out of racing which is crazy to me now, especially. He's finished two races in the top 10, and then he's on a podium. So he's obviously still got it If here. He's good enough to race here, and yeah. he would raise the level of those around him here. So we need him there. But the thing that struck me was I started to think about Spain, and I thought about the number of riders in MotoGP from Spain. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Think about that. Think about it for a second. So you got the Marquez brothers. The Espargaro brothers, Mir, Martin, um, that's six. I can't, who, who am I missing? Um, um, Alex Renz, uh, seven. Vinales. Vinales uh, is eight. Mm -hmm. So eight. Let's, let's just stop there. We, we, I think we've got it. But Lecawona, there's a I think Lecawona's from Spain as oh, well. Oh, I'm sorry. Le Lecawona. Yes, mm -hmm. Lecawona. So eight... A minimum of eight riders, and we may be missing somebody there, but I know, you know, uh, no, we're not missing Ducati because that's Australia and Italy, uh, Italy, Italy, or the other side of the Yamaha, uh, Petrucci's Italy. Yeah, so I think we're good. So, but, eight but even riders. listen to what you're saying though, Spain and Italy, you, you know, what I mean? yes. Spain and Italy right. make up the majority of the paddock. That's right. And think about so, I'm a big guy, I'm big on the law of averages, and that numbers are my thing, they've always been my thing, and that's why I do what I do for a living, but yeah. I'm big on numbers, and if you take population of Spain, it is tiny compared to the population of the United States. So what that means, if you believe in the numbers, is that there are people, there are more people with more talent in the United States than there are in Spain with that kind of talent, the talent that they could get on a motorcycle and go ride in MotoGP. There are more, but we don't have the ability to get those people on a motorcycle. The people we have on a motorcycle have found it one way or another that are Americans, mm -hmm. but they are not the most talented in our country. They can't be because that law of averages to me is, it, 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 it does not matter. It's always true. And so a, with a country with 330 whatever million, we should have at least five Americans in MotoGP. But the... The road racing, tarmac racing on a motorcycle is not as big a deal here. Yeah. Or we don't, we are pricing out. It is too expensive for these people. So we're pushing out our most talented people because it's too expensive. And that is a terrible thought to me. So I don't know what that solution is. Um, I, because I know I, I can remember Jake Zimke talking about his parents maxing out their credit cards for him to go racing. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what it takes. I mean, you know how expensive this sport is. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, and, and, and if you want to ride a new Honda, it's 30 grand. If you want to buy all the race kit from HRC, that's another 10 grand. That's $40,000 in a motorcycle. You haven't put on one boot, one set of leathers, one helmet or glove. And you haven't paid for gas to get there. You haven't, you know what I mean? You haven't yep. paid. So you're 40 grand. In, so this sport is so price exclusive that we as Americans don't have enough people in it. We don't have enough avenues for people to get into it because I guarantee you, if we found some way to make this a lot more affordable at a young, young age, Moto America racing would be much better because more people would be involved. And two, 
again, using the law of averages, there would be some superior talent coming through that would translate to the world stage. Because I can guarantee you there are at least 10 guys on their couch, king of the street right now, maybe, that could have been the best coming out of America and gotten a MotoGP ride with their talent. I guarantee it. It's just There's just no way because Spain does not have something in the water that makes them better motorcycle riders. Right. So it's it's really it's frustrating to think about it that way. Um, we kind of went off on a rant there, and I, I would love it if somebody would debate me on this um, because there's just no – the numbers never lie, and there's just no way. There's just no way. I think – you, you have other options, like there's maybe some other things people can get involved in here that maybe aren't so popular over there. You know, you kind of, if you're a little bit talented on a motorcycle, you kind of ride the motorcycle until you run its course. You know, maybe that's the case. Um, it's it's kind of like, you know, like I made that joke about Finland and the Finnish people being great rally drivers. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. you know, there's nothing in the water. It's all culture. So it's... It's just, it, you know, we talked I, about all it. that got into me. All that got to my mind while I was watching this race. Yeah. And, and not to go too far off tangent, you know, because we're going to run out of time quick with Moto America, but, and we've still got to talk about super sport, but, you yep. know, we've talked about it before. Um, you know, why on earth have we dumped the allocation of funds into a king of the baggers race for six dudes to come out? at a few races and turn last. Well, we had and, the and Royal Enfield this past week. Well, you know, and, and you know, I, I completely understand what you're saying. And I completely agree with it because there are riders inside of our borders that have the potential and the talent to get there. They need the training. They need the development. They need, they need mentorship you know, at certain levels. And, and, you know, and that's one thing I, you know, looking into the super sport race, I, I wanted to give a huge shout out to Ben Smith, um, you know, because yeah, he looked absolutely. amazing in race two. And, and you know, he because I, I've, I've had direct contact with, you know, one of his coaches, um, Ken Hill. And, you know, what Ken Hill does is, you know, he quantifies all of this, all of that, the, the data and stuff on track. You know, he quantifies how to, to get to, um, uh, uh, repeatable lap times, you know, and, and getting down the, and Ken, Ken Hill, you look at Ken Hill's resume as a rider, uh, you know, I don't think he'd even thrown a leg over a motorcycle until in his twenties or th early thirties, maybe. And then as, as right, soon as he right. did, he wanted to go get training and went out racing and, and did well, was very successful as a race, uh, motorcycle racer with guys that were much younger than he was. Um, and now he's his passion is coaching, and he's a, he's a phenomenal coach, and he's so talent so talented and so Wonderful. intelligent, and to be able to, to to sit and talk to the guys, just to spend an hour talking to to him about about your personal riding, uh, I mean he can watch two minutes of you on a track and tell you so much that you don't even know that you're doing right, um, and, and well, it's and, amazing. And we, and need, we we need to get more guys too, guys like Ken. Yeah, it, I mean truthfully, I, I, I we need that, and I we got to figure out what that. I don't know what that yeah. looks like. It, it's it's the problem that we're always going to have until we don't have it and we figure it out. And we don't know what that you, is, but you know we know I, we want it. You know what the problem is. You have to follow the money. You have to follow where the money's coming yeah. from to be able to get Burt Riders in, how to be able to fund that that type of infrastructure. Companies have to be able to invest into a, into riders who need sponsorship money. And, and you know, and Come it would on, be— Come on, Dogecoin. Yeah. 
<laughs> but but I, I digress. I you know we just kind of echo each other a bit back and forth. But, yeah. You know. No, but this at, all popped into my head while I was watching the race, and I think I I started to think about it, and all this started to come clear to me, um, and it starts to make sense to me. Like I do it, but yeah. Let's get back to the race a little bit. Cameron Peterson finishing in fourth. Now this is where Cam's been most of the year. He's been a little better sometimes, a little worse sometimes, but he was there. So I feel like he was having some trouble with the front end of that motorcycle. Uh, and he, he was trying to get it figured out. He did the best race he could. You know, Hector Barbara for Shibe Racing, that's a small budget outfit, and he's he's doing a pretty good job. I mean, I mean he really is. I, again, this speaks to the talent of a guy. I, I don't know if it's not Hector Barbara, if you put an American, pick your American, on that bike. I don't know where they finish. I mean... Josh Heron, well, yeah. what did Josh Heron do on that bike? Yeah. What did we, he do on that that's bike? That's what I was going to say. We saw who was on that bike last year. Um, so, so, yeah. So, it's, it's a struggle, right? And, and and Josh had some bad luck on it, but at the same time, he just couldn't do it. He did not do consistently what Barbara is doing consistently. It was good to see Kyle Wyman back out there, finishing in sixth. It was just good to have him back, man. He's been hurt for a while. I'm glad he's getting better. Um Bradley Ward. That was actually a pretty good ride for Bradley Ward, I thought. Um, I, You know, it, that that fly racing Suzuki, I, I don't know that it, it, it can't. I just don't think they can be competitive enough to win. But they're out there, and they're racing, and that's awesome. So, you know, good for him. Good seventh place. Bobby Fong, it, it's just Bobby Fong's season. This now, is what now, Bobby Fong. Now, race one, yeah. Bobby Fong started from pit lane, I think, or either the I back know. or the rear pit lane. So, for whatever reason, um, they yeah. had a problem with his brake uh, or clutch. Something happened to one of his levers. His brake adjuster, and he pulled in brake his adjuster. There you yeah. go. His adjuster messed up, and he went in. And I'm just saying, what I'm saying is, this is just bad luck. Yeah. He had a great yeah. race. Well, great. It's yeah, just bad luck yeah, all yeah. year. Race two, he's on the podium. So yeah, this is this exactly. was this was the best weekend, you know, per overtakes right. and and finishing on sunday that bobby fox had for a long time you know time. jake lewis was in yeah jake lewis in ninth and and the man i mentioned before hayden gillum in 10th i would love to see hayden gillum back on the grid full time i think that guy is super talented in terms of uh, the americans and he showed it yes. i mean there he is uh, I so yeah 100 percent. he I, needs I mean, to be out there you know watching that, hayden gillum on a super sport when he was riding with jd beach and and even sean dylan kelly you know when they would come to blows sometimes on track it, it, one thing to, to, that i always remembered was that hayden gillum was a big dude you, you know for a, a huge super dude sport yeah. bike. you know he's a big guy that's riding around a 600 with these other guys that are much smaller you know much more compact on the bike don't waste up a tire have you know don't you know can get into uh, behind the bubble on the screen and this guy's still taking it to him day in and day out so yeah. i completely agree i would love to see hayden gillum on a uh on a super bike full time me too and yep. I, I mean, uh, he's hard nosed racer. He deserves from, it. I, yep. Yeah. I mean, Kentucky. You'll bring it for yeah, sure. Absolutely. Well, I, you know, so um, let's go to race two real quick. Let's go over it. Jake Gagne wins again. Uh, Matt Skoltz is in second. Bobby Fong gets on the podium, as you mentioned earlier. But Skoltz really cut the the gap. And I thought that was really good for Skoltz, um, especially, you know, I, I think in the last three or four weekends, Skoltz has looked really good. His team's kind of gotten that bike figured out. They're, they're getting it good. So he's coming more consistently, coming good on that. And his best time was only wasn't even a full tenth behind Gagne, so that's huge. And so maybe at the end of the year here, Gagne's got this championship pretty much sewn up. But 
maybe at the end of the year here, we'll get some good racing. Maybe they'll get it figured out. Better late than never. Um, Elias was in fourth, so he finishes second and fourth on the weekend. Uh, man, give this guy a ride and yeah. give him a good bike, and, and you'll get this at le- you'll get this every weekend. Baz did finish this race after crashing out in uh, race one, and he finished fifth. Uh, Cam Peterson finishes in sixth. Barbara in seventh. Wyman in eighth. Jake Lewis in ninth, and again Hayden Hayden Gillum in tenth. So pretty much as you were but this is the jake gillum show i mean sorry jake gagne show jake gillum i don't know who that was <laughs> that, that guy is on he's not racing but jake gagne show and and until these guys bridge that rather significant gap it's going to remain the jake gagne show because he does not have to push to get way out ahead right so no it's, it's a little agree. bit it's a little bit pro is a problem for me but at the same time good for jake gagne um, do you have anything to add about Superbike? No, no. I, I, like you said, I mean that that pretty much squares everything yeah. away. It's okay. You can almost set your watch well, by the top ten. That's right, exactly. So let's go on to uh, race uh, Supersport race one. We had Richie Escalante winning, Sean Dillon Kelly in second, Rocco Landers putting it on the podium for third. So again, we have really good racing between Escalante and Kelly. Yeah, and yeah. that's. And, and, and it was a good race for third, honestly. I mean, um, Rocco came from a little ways back to catch Smith and Lockoff and, and Mesa. He was he was behind all those guys, and he did a great job to get it up in third. We didn't see enough of it. Um, but at the same time, they were a long way back from the two guys that were leading the race. So, you know, it's, it's as you were. Again, you can set your watch by what's going to happen. But, you know, Escalante Rocco- and Dylan Kelly are going to shoot out in the front. You know, Rocco did this in in race two, though, too. Yep, he did. He did a great job. Look, Rocco is coming good. This was a good weekend for him, yeah. It was a great weekend for him. He's getting more confident. He's getting faster. Those things are going to be good. Um, What I want to say is, you know, Stefano Mesa wasn't as strong here as we'd seen him in other tracks. And I think... It's a little bit of he's wearing down. He's racing a lot all the time. And I think maybe a break would work out well for Stefano Mesa. You know, take a few days off. Just get your body some rest, man, because he's in. They talk about it all the time on the grid, you know, like he's he's racing all those club races in between these races. So. And that's the thing, you know, that's kind of the conundrum that I think the Stefano Mesa is in because, you know, I, I think Stefano Mesa has that talent to be one of those standout guys that we that we see like Sean Dillon Kelly, like a Jake Gagne. Sure. You know, sure. we, we've seen we've seen St- Stefano Mesa at the club level just, you know, be be the, that dominant force in, in some in some cases. So, you know, if Stefano Mesa could manage to get on one of these funded team a fully funded team you know a contract rider to be full-time and he could focus all of his energy all of his efforts on that race in a weekend what can he do yeah i think i think it would be pretty impressive honestly yeah if you if you can somehow keep him from juggling all this stuff going on so he doesn't have to worry about his own logistics of a team it doesn't have to worry about paying for it doesn't have to worry about you know uh, about yep. changing his own tires and changing his own engines the night it would before. Be interesting. You know? yeah. yeah, I mean Stefano Mesa has to be on this grid full time. He's he's shown us that all year long. He deserves well, to be here. 
Right. <clears throat> well, you know, as I mentioned, Benjamin Smith finished in fourth, which is a solid race for him. Again, he got caught there at the end. I think some tire yeah. wear was getting him. Lockoff, same thing. I, I think those guys battled a little bit. They were having a good race with Mesa that finished in sixth. But, you know, Rocco Landers came out on top of that. Um, after Mesa, we had Dominic Doyle and Alejandro Thermiotis. In ninth, we had Carl Solstice. In tenth, we had Nate Minster. I would like to mention <clears throat> uh, that someone this weekend uh, realized a Moto America dream, and that guy was Nick Patnod. Nick finished in 20th. This was his first Moto America race. I was with, I was had the good fortune to be with Nick on his very first track day at Road Atlanta. Um, Nick is a great guy. He's a good rider. And Nick is chasing the Moto America dream. And I respect that so much. And I saw him out there on the grid. And I, and our little Charleston group was, you know, he's one of those guys. He's from Charleston. And okay. I just want to say congratulations to Nick. And I'm so happy and so uh, inspired that you're chasing your dream. You did, you know, he finished last, but that's okay. He was out there. A guy in last place is still racing. And um, just a lot of respect for the sacrifice that it took for him to get to this point. And, uh, I hope it continues. He's hoping to race the entire calendar next year. So I'm super stoked about that for him. I, that's, that's just, that was just really cool for me to see a guy that I had seen from the start grid up at Moto America. I thought that was awesome. Oh, that is pretty cool. You know, he got some good camera time on in race two, I think, too. He, he um, did. Well, know, he was getting caught by the leaders, yeah. Hey, and, that's uh, okay. He looked good on the bike. He still the raced, bike that's right. It, it looked like amazing. he was winning. Yeah. It looked like he was winning. <laughs> it looked like he got a podium, you know, because he looked like Rocco's bike almost, a little bit, and he came over in third. Yeah. You know? yeah. So big shout-out for Nick. I mean, what, what a day that must have been. What an experience. Now, he got a terrible start, too, and I saw him, like, look down. He The lights caught him by surprise. He wasn't ready for those lights, so – um, you know, that's okay. Everything's a learning experience. And I was just so tickled to death that my man was out there and doing it. You know, Nick is a good dude and I wish him nothing but the best and success. And, uh, I'm hoping I, I might pit crew for him a few times if he needs it. Um, you know, cause I'm good. Like I said, many times I'm good at carrying tires. I'm excellent at carrying tires. Um, yeah, so but here's the, that. here's the real question though. How good are you? at changing the numbers on these pit boards because that's the only way that we can oh. communicate with riders that are on track is by the use of the pit well, boards though, at start-finish. I, I just mentioned earlier that numbers are my thing. Um, as long as it's not paint by number, I think I can handle it. But <laughs> if it's paint by number, there's going to be a problem. He's going to get some poor information. <laughs> but I'll do my best if that's what is needed. Um, let's go on to race two. I mean, right, again, yeah. <laughs> we, we, <laughs> before I get off on that tangent. But race two, we had more of the same. This time, though, Sean Dillon Kelly put a great race and put a great move on Escalante there oh and held yeah. him off. It was it was a great move. Um, so just showing me the SDK, get out. We, we love yeah. watching you, man, yeah. but get out. Um, and then Rocco Landers finishing in third after Richie Escalante in second. Uh, Sam Lockoff this time was in fourth. Ben Smith in fifth. Again, uh, Stefano Mesa was sixth. Seventh again was Dominic Doyle. Eighth this time was Liam Grant. Ninth this time was Kevin Almeida. And tenth was Carl Solstice. So, uh, again, my buddy Nick, he got to ride in the second race, so he qualified for both, so that was great. But 
what I took away from this race is the same thing I've taken away from the last few races. There's just no one close in terms of speed and talent right now to the Escalante or SDK. And really, SDK is kind of head and shoulders, or at least a head above Escalante at this point. Um, his bike looks great. He has so much confidence in it. It never looks out of control. So really, really, he, he is he is he is on top of his game right now. Yeah, I think Richie. I think that Richie likes a bike loose a little bit underneath of him. Where he maybe, does, you know, he, they have Sean a different Dunn, riding style for sure. Yeah, yeah it's the, and and maybe that might be something Richie might need to look at. You know, if he wants to move into the next levels, you know, maybe I should tidy this up just a hair. You know, because if the bike's still moving around, then maybe it's not doing something that it should be doing. You know, or maybe it's wasted energy somewhere that the bike's putting out on the track. But you know, that's just right. spitballing a little bit. But you you know, to maybe find well, that extra tenth or two. And but like you said right. though. Sean Dillon Kelly needs to get out of Moto America. Sean Dillon Kelly needs to get out of America. In all yeah, honesty, let's go. Yeah, uh, yeah let's develop times. this talent. Yeah. And in all honesty, I think you know with how quickly Rocco Landers is progressing this year, we may be saying the same thing about Rocco Landers. Um, Maybe in the not too distant I, future, I, you know. Yeah. No. Rocco I think Landers that kid's got some talent. In race one, he was twenty seconds off the the win. In race two, he was 10 seconds off the win. So much yep, like true. You know, Matt Skultz, he cut the gap in half. Well, you, you and, know, you know, I saw Ben Smith, too, keep up with Escalante oh, yeah. and, and, and SDK. But I think what he did was he burned his tire up doing and, it. And and another thing to mention, too, though, is Ben Smith is a bigger rider as well. He is a bigger you know, rider. So, so he's putting maybe more the move on that to Superbike would help Ben. A right. super stock or a Superbike would help Ben. Because the bigger riders do struggle with tire wear. Yeah. And, and and that's just that's just how that goes. And that's across that's across all of these frame the, these uh, talent levels though, and, and even race levels because we see the same thing in MotoGP. We see you know uh, Daniel Petrucci struggles. That he that's all he's done is struggle in in uh, in dry races with tire wear and getting speed all through his career. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now that's if right. It, if it rained every weekend, these guys would be in the in the driver's seat. Yeah. No, I agree. It's just, it's, it's, you know, right now, SDK and Escalante are the class. Yeah. And really, SDK is ahead above Richie. Um, but next year, we'll see. Uh, I, I don't want to see, SDK won't be here again. I'll make that call right now. But I just don't want him in America. I want to see him on a MotoGP bike, uh, banging bars over there with the, with uh, Pedro Acosta. Yeah, I agree. So. No, I agree. I, I and uh, so we'll see. So that's what I've got, really, for Moto America. I mean, we kind of flew through uh, Super Sport, but at the same time, you you said it earlier. You can almost set your watch by what's happening there, and it's fun. It's fun to watch those two go at it, though. That's more interesting than the Superbike races to me. Yeah, it's fun to watch those guys go at it. So we get some. We're entertained there. Uh, and then, like I said, the the third to six guys were together. So there was some good racing, some hard racing in there. And I'm, I'm sure that was fun for them to do. So I'm, I'm good on uh, Moto America. If you are. Yep. Absolutely, sir. All right. So let's move on to Moto GP here in three, two, one.